Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey everyone, welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast. <coughs> I'm just going to wait until see if we are actually live because it's not showing me at the moment, but I'm sure we will be in a moment. Yes, we're live. Um, welcome back. As you know, I'm doing some special shows on what Arsenal means to me. And you know what's fabulous? My, my second guest of this little new shows that I'm doing while the World Cup's on is Mr. Stuart, our Arsenal photographer, McFarlane. Good evening. Hello, everyone. <laughs> oh, it's so good to have you here, Stu. And honestly, you know I thank you so much. This is your third time on this podcast. It's great. Oh, my God. Is it? Oh, wow. We were just talking off air, weren't we? What drama do you reckon will come from this podcast? I don't know. We'll see. I'm bound to upset somebody, especially when I do my favourite favourite non Arsenal player. That's going to wind a few people. Oh up. God, yeah, I can imagine. It's not. It's all right. It's not. It's not. It's not Deli Alley. I promise. <laughs> I bloody hope not as well. So, Stu, before we jump into the questions, it would be very remiss of me to not talk about you know where we are at the moment from August onwards a little bit. Look. 12 games, one, one draw, one loss, top of the tree, five points clear. We go into Christmas, top of the tree. Did you think at the beginning of August that this was going to happen? I, th I thought we'd be up there. I didn't think we'd be five points clear, but seeing the progression and the signings, I was always confident that we'd be challenging. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's early days, 13, what, 14 games in. We'll see We'll see what we're like at the end of January, then at the end of February. But fingers crossed. Um, a lot of, you know, when we do podcasts and stuff and a lot of people in the chat room, um, by the way, hello to everybody in the chat room. Um, yes, the legendary Stuart is back, Robert. Um, a lot of people, in the, you know, feel they're starting to believe for a start and they're starting to think that come January, depending on injuries coming back from the World Cup and the transfer market, 
by the end of the January, I think more people will have a yes or a no, we're going to do this, we can do this. I'm not on that train yet, Stuart. I'm absolutely loving every single minute. I'm not thinking ahead. Oh, well, I'm thinking ahead because I can't wait to watch West Ham on Boxing Night at the Emirates. It's just going to be an incredible atmosphere that night, that is for sure. But but what what they've what they've actually achieved is absolutely phenomenal. The only bad game was United, and and here we are, top. I mean, and I keep banging this drum, Stuart. I really do. Everyone needs to enjoy it now. Just enjoy it, because the atmosphere. I mean, look, we know that you're on the pitch, okay? Have you noticed the difference in the atmosphere in the last eighteen months? It's it's definitely changed, and I think it's. It's come from the players. It's obviously a lot of it's come from Mikel. Uh, and I think maybe a couple of years ago, the players were a bit nervous of playing at Emirates because you could hear stuff shouted from the crowd. But I think the squad now is full of young players. You know, there's an innocence about the squad and they want to do as well as they can for the for the club and for the supporters. And, and I think the connection between the two is, is incredible now. I, I honestly haven't seen anything like it for a long time. Oh, it's. It, I mean, I would have been shocked if you'd have said opposite to that. It is just incredible, and I, I do honestly believe it started at the away games about eighteen months ago. The support has been incredible. I went, I went to West Ham away last year, um, but I was in, in corporate, and I was watching the Arsenal fans, desperate to be with them, because they didn't stop. And I think that has now bred into the Emirates. I think it's amazing because that stadium was never rocking we had the odd match but every single game now yeah i think i think the away fans have always been good whenever wherever you know there's never been a question about the away fans getting behind the team maybe it's been at emirates when people pay a lot of money and they expect to be entertained it's not always it's not always been the best but away from home you don't ever criticize your team because you don't want the home fans to look at you don't, you know, don't want the home fans to look at our fans and take the mickey out of them because they're jeering at, you know, because they're booing our team. Yeah. So I don't think there's ever been an issue, but certainly the noise levels have upped in the last uh, last eighteen months. Oh, but, it's, uh, it's great, amazing. you know. I, I can't. I look forward to every game now, and you know, just the atmosphere at Emirates is 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 the best, and players in and around the staff and players in and around the club talk talk about how great the atmosphere is, and you know. They've never never heard anything like it. No, and and they really are appreciating it, and they constantly come out on social media and the Arsenal website as well and say that they're loving it. They're loving the support. I mean, you know, you, you can't. It's not rocket science to know that if you support the boys through thick and thin, mm. because as you know, when you know we give a goal away, we're cheering straight away. Whoever's let you know made a mistake <coughs> and a goal's gone in, we're cheering them back. To the cent, you know, to the centre spot. It's never, and even Mikel said he's never heard this before, you know. And and it's all breeding one happy, big, massive family. And long also, may that also, continue. Yeah, also, also, I think we've got to remember a lot of these kids. They're really young, you know. They, you know, they're nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. They need the help of the sporters. You know, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't want someone shouting at abuse at your. 22 year old kid would you you want to you want to you wouldn't shout at your kids would you so so don't shout at them encourage them and that i mean it's so obvious but that's what's happening you know you are 
at the Brighton Carabao Cup game when we lost, obviously there's a slightly different crowd in, and I was a bit, I was a bit pissed off after about 15 minutes. A guy behind me screaming at the players, and you think, I'm like, you don't belong here. If if that's your going to be your behaviour, you don't need to be here, you know. But no, thankfully. And- that's the minority, yeah. massive minority now. A massive minority, but it's it's not cool to do that. It's not cool to boo them off. Um, you have every right when you leave the stadium to moan and groan because you pay your money and we'll do it. Um, but but by us supporting them and the way we have been, it is it is becoming. Oh, it's just, it, you, as you say, you just look forward to going. It's just an amazing yeah. atmosphere, whatever game it is. And I'm enjoying every minute of it. But anyway, listen. But, but, yeah, there will be, look, there's going to be some bumps in the road. Of course. Nothing can be perfect. But, and that's where the, and that's where the team, that's where the team need the supporters to help them through it. And I think they've realised that, as I said, someone, you know, lets a goal in, we're all cheering them. We're up cheering like we've scored a goal. Because we know that, you know, when you're down, you need support. We are, and I've said it and I keep saying it, I tweet this all the time, we are the 12th man. You know, we need to be that substitute of the whole ground supporting those boys. And we are. I have to give credit to the home fans here. We really are now. And I love, oh, my God, and I wish you could get an amazing picture of this. I love the Ashburton Army. I absolutely right. love those kids. <laughs> I think they're I've got, phenomenal. Yeah. I've got a few. I know a few of the guys. I've got a few pictures of them. Yeah, they're quite <laughs> lively, aren't they? Yeah, please tell them. I think they're amazing. I tweet about it and I try and take a picture because I'm obviously I'm up, yeah. up high in the east and I get a really good picture of the clock end lower. I just yeah. think what they're trying to do, you know, I just think it's fantastic. Mm. And the clock end's never been noisy. It's always been the North Bank. So, yeah. it's, it's, oh, it's lovely. Anyway, let's start off with all the questions that I've sent over to you. <laughs> We're going to start yeah. with number one. Basically, these shows are because there's no games to talk about. Everyone in the chat room, hi again. We're just doing what Arsenal means to me. And it's not to me. It's what Arsenal means to Stuart. So it's going to be slightly different because you work there. But last week we had um, Jordan Garrett Bryan on. And it was just brilliant. Jordan Jarrett Bryan, sorry. And um, it was fascinating to hear how people support the Arsenal and stuff like that. So, Stuart, over to you. Why Arsenal? Why do you support them? Well, <coughs> as, I, as I said to you earlier, my dad was a Chelsea fan, but where I lived growing up, the uh, my best mate was a massive Arsenal fan. So at sort of three, four years old, he used to walk down the street in his Arsenal kit. He was the best footballer in the street. And I just looked up to him. You know, he was just my hero. So it was it sort of came from that, really. And, you know, we'd sort of sit in his bedroom and he played those old FA Cup final LPs. You know, forty-five minutes on one side, flip it over forty-five yeah. minutes on the other. So, so that's where that's where my first sort of love for Arsenal came. It, it was just really the, you know, hero worshiping this kid who played the best footballer in my street. Um, what year was that? <clears throat> that would have been nineteen seventy, maybe wow. seventy. Yeah, sixty-nine, seventy. Yes, nineteen seventy. When I was Are four. Are you older than me then? I'm older than a lot of people. <laughs> I'm 53, so six, 71 oh, fi- was no, my first. Oh, no, I'm 56. I'm 56. Oh, you're a little bit older, so yeah. So, a lot yeah. Older. 
because my first game was when I was four years old. So I was 72 right. or something like that, 73. Right. Um, okay, so what is your first game memory and your first game attended? My first, well, my first memory, my first game memory was was uh, probably the FA Cup final, 70, 71 Cup final probably. Uh, because not for TV, but just because of the listening to the record, listening to the LP. Because I was so young then, and that's that's all I could, I couldn't I can't remember anything about it, but I can remember vividly sitting in the bedroom listening to listening to a record. I don't remember seeing it on the TV or anything, but that's my um, you know I, could, I clearly remember, I can remember the album cover what it looked like as well. So that was my first that was my first Arsenal memory. As far as first games go, I can't I couldn't tell you. No, I can't remember. You know, you know, it, it would have been 71, 72 maybe. But uh, I wouldn't know, you know, I've been to so many games. I can't remember what games I went to last year, let alone 50-odd <laughs> years ago. That's our age, I'll tell you. Yeah, Do you know what? I remember exactly. someone saying, two weeks ago, did you play? I go, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who scored. I don't know yeah. anything. No, um, no. Okay, so we're going on a fan I know you weren't there at the moment, but a fan. Yeah. Who was your favourite first manager growing up? Well, it would it was it would have been George. It would have been George just because it was it was like there was always a bit of security around George because you knew if you scored a goal, you'd win the game. So you, I never ever felt nervous with him. And I was quite young then, and George was just like so charismatic, and everyone loved him. So I I loved George, really loved George, but. You know, I'd say the same about all of our managers now. Well, funny enough, he's his birthday today. He's 78. Yeah, 78. I saw that. I still, yeah, I saw I him, still I saw see him. him. Go on. Yeah. Uh, no, I saw him a couple of months ago. He does look well. Still looks looks still looks very dapper. He's, he's, that, he's that sort of guy, isn't he? Like yeah. dapper George. You know, he's just got that charisma. I met him, oh, I don't know, about four years ago. And, yeah, he looked older, and I think I was a bit shocked because I still imagine him as, you know, in the 80s. And I just yeah. said to him, I love you. <laughs> I just said, you, because he, because he, <coughs> we're roughly the same age, what you're saying is George was mine as well. So, yeah, um, I know we've obviously, we then we've got Wenger and now we've got Mikel and whatever, but, yeah, no, I get that. Okay. So this is going to be hard for you. Favourite player to ever play for Arsenal and non-Arsenal player? Well, I've got Dennis, obviously, and then Liam Brady. Dennis, you know, I think both of them massively changed the football club. And not only the great, great player, just the way they both played, but also their personalities. Just incredible. Just it's They're the sort of players that when the game finishes, you just wanted to watch them play again. You know, you can yeah. never, never quite have enough of them. And, uh, yeah, those two, difficult to split. I know we've had some great players, but this is a personal thing and it's personal to me. So, Brady and Burkamp, wow, what yeah. players. Okay, here we go to the non-Arsenal player. Your favourite ever non-Arsenal player? Well, yeah, Johan Cruyff, probably. Uh, mm. I'm not a big, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big the hype around Ronaldo and Messi, it doesn't really bother me. I just look at him, total football. And then and then my other one really surprised people was Duncan Ferguson. Just because oh, wow, I loved, okay. lo I just loved his personality and the stories and 
No, I'd love, I'd love to, I'd love in, I'd love to have seen him confront those burglars who broke into his house when he was, when he was in there. So, yeah. and I just think he's a great personality. This, listen to him interviewed on the TV. He was a great player, great player, and stood up for his teammates. And I just thought he would have fitted, he would have massively fitted into our team. I think. Oh, he was big dunk, wasn't it? And um, friend of the show, Alan Myers, I'm going to tell him that. I'm going to say big dunk because right. we always talk about him and his personality. And I think he came across slightly different to how he actually was. I think apparently it was yeah. a very nice guy. And, um, oh, brilliant. But again, that's our era. So anyone in the uh, chat room that's under 50, <laughs> Duncan Ferguson used right. to play for Everton and was a very good player. Um, when, he, when he was when he was there... Uh interim manager I think we played them uh, it was actually Mikel's first game I think <clears throat> and I went obviously went up to photograph the game at, at the end of the game Ferguson came round to to sort of applaud the Everton fans and this little kid was waving up at him and Duncan picked him up in his arms gave him a massive cuddle and then like they both shook their fists to the fans I thought such a nice moment for this kid this kid couldn't quite believe it but it just he was like a man of the people, you know. And I think that's we've got players like that. And I think he would have fitted in, as I said. He'd have been great for us, I think. We'd have fitted in with the violence. <laughs> yeah, big dunk. Um worst player to ever play for us. Tricky that one. Probably me yeah. in the staff match at Emirates, because I was the first <laughs> I was the first ever member of Arsenal staff to get a red card at Emirates Stadium. So probably probably me. I, I can't what really. I can't really, I can't really know. I kicked a couple of people quite hard. I probably deserved <laughs> to go after the first one, but I got I got a red card after the second one. So probably me. Let let my team down. Oh, and I, I suppose you really can't say who the worst player to play for us because, as we know, well, that would go viral, Stuart, wouldn't it? Yeah. No, we've, we've always, we haven't had bad players. We might have had players who aren't good enough for the football club, but we've never had a bad player. Oh, but, but, uh, yeah, it, it was it was me. Yes, it was me. <laughs> I'll put you down. Okay, so who's your favourite celebrity Arsenal fan? And I'm sure you've met a few. Yeah, I, thought, I mean, I always love Matt Lucas. Uh, lovely, lovely, lovely guy. But I'm going with the current one, who's now a very close friend of mine, Louis Dunford. Oh. And he's he, he can be a celebrity. I've, I've only known him for about well, for a year or now, but uh, probably him because his songs, you know, has helped create something that Mikel started and we're all carrying on. So probably Louis. Oh, it's fabulous. I was going to, uh, at the beginning, I was going to say about the atmosphere that I can't wait for Louis Dunford's song to come on, but they play it at the wrong time. And I can never hear the first bit. I keep telling them when they should play it and we can hear it. It needs to be at a certain time because all of a sudden you're halfway through the song, you start hearing it. But yeah, no, he's mm. fabulous. It's new music as well. It's new song this week. I love it. He's, yeah, he's just he's great. so talented. And I'm pleased that he's getting the, the plaudits now. Have you seen that he's selling <laughs> out everywhere he puts tickets out? They're going in I seconds. I know, I know. I know it's great for him. He deserves it. He's so talented and he's such a great lad. He deserves all the success he, that he can get. And in one little way, you know, the club have helped him. The, yeah. the club has shown who he is and then everyone else is on board. You know, he's got a concert at the Forum in uh, Kentish yeah. Town in April, which I'm lucky enough to, to go to. And I've got a few Arsenal fans messaging me who've never been to a concert before. 
and they're like, what do we what do we actually do? How do we they've never been to a gig in their lives, but they just want to go purely just to hear this one song, you know. But oh, absolutely. Hopefully you might listen to some of his other stuff. I've I've got his album, so I'd love to listen to it all, but I can tell you now, and I mean they sold out within about two minutes. I don't think people could yeah. and I'm not being funny, they did. And he needs to buy he needs to play a bigger venue. And I'd love to get him on this podcast to tell him how much he's loved as well. Yeah. He's um He's he's just an incredible writer, and 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 the fact that all his family have always been Arsenal, it must be just so incredible for him every time he hears it. But um, at his last concert, a few people put when he sung North London Forever. I wanted to cry. I just loved it. I'd love to have been, I'd love to have been in that audience just screaming it out. But um, yeah, I was, I was I was I was lucky. Yeah, I was lucky enough to be there. So it was a it was a great night. Great I saw night. your pictures. Fabulous. Okay, moving on from Louis. Um, what do you love and not love about Arsenal? Ooh, love, love winning games. Hate losing games. There we are. It's simple. Love about the club. I think. I. Th I think the whole club. I think the way that the club, uh, way that we embrace the community, those sort of things. You know, we are a community club. We're still in the heart of Islington. In the work that the club does for local kids and for all over the world with the charities of the Arsenal Foundation, I think that's you know that's what the club's all about. Yes, it's about the football, but yeah. the football helps us get out and the reach that the club does, the good that it does, is absolutely incredible. And uh, uh, what I don't love is the negativity. If you if you lose a game, you know, as we said earlier. Get behind, you know, get behind the team, get behind the club. But uh, I don't really want to talk about negativity because it's not. There's nothing negative about no. Arsenal at the moment. No, I totally agree. Um, okay, so let's do best game ever and best game this season. Best game. So you said to me, favorite home game and then favorite away game. You said, you you asked for two. Oh yeah, I've missed that bit. Sorry, I've gone down yeah. past it. Yeah, okay. So let yeah. so do home and away favorite ever. I'm glad you're so on I've got, the... <laughs> Yeah. I've sort I've got two I've got two favourite homes. One was Liverpool two thousand and four going in two one down at half time, then Thierry just ripping them to pieces and it after getting knocked out of the Champions League that week and then getting on yeah. track. That was you know, the atmosphere at half time was so flat. I remember just thinking this this is actually a library but then Thierry came out and ripped them to pieces and that was just an incredible day and then probably Everton 1988 winning the, you know when we won the league Tony scoring the goal at the end that was just such an amazing such an amazing day so many great memories you know so I took pictures of both the games but still just emotionally they were so draining but just so enjoyable it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. 
they have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. And then, uh, and, and then away, probably Man United in 2002, when we won the league up there, you know, managed to run down the middle of the pitch at Old Trafford with the team after we won, which was quite nice. One of their, one of their stewards aimed a kick at me as I ran past him in the tunnel. No, but he missed, really? which is lucky. Yeah, I can understand that. We were being a bit, bit leery. And then, and then obviously... Spurs away at White Hart Lane in 2004, which was just one of those, yeah. one of those unforgettable days that you only ever do twice. We might do it a third time, you know. You never know. <laughs> Could you imagine winning the league at their place again? But but you know what? It's it's so interesting because the games that you've chosen, obviously, because you were on the pitch and it and it, it's a different experience to being a fan. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think a lot of people would have said the Tottenham game. Um, forgot about the Liverpool game. I mean, to be fair, we, we're so spoiled with trophies. Yeah. This is what some of the younger people don't get. We're so spoiled with such wonderfulness of football. Um, obviously, everyone knows my favourite match would be Anfield '89 because I was there, and it and it's yeah. a lot of people's favourite match if they're there or not. Everyone's got a story about that night, but we, we're so spoiled. We've had such a great run during our period of growing up with Arsenal, haven't we, that Tottenham have had nothing. Can you just imagine? Nothing. The odd league t- Yeah, but it's tough for a lot of clubs. You can't, you know, just don't, don't need to single out one club. A lot of clubs have never had the success that we have. No, no, and, but uh, not a lot of clubs are delusional like they are, Stuart. That's the difference. <laughs> They're delusional. And, uh, a lot I, of other clubs would love to be in our position, but anyway. Yeah, of course they would. Like I, I mean, I chose games that I went to. You know, I, wa- I watched uh, Anfield '89. Only ever game of football I ever watched with my mum on the sofa at home, which is quite a special thing for me because she's she's not been around for a few years now. But I, you know, I I, you know, I chose I chose games that I was at because it's not only just the game, the ninety minutes. It's it's the working day. It's what you do in the morning when you get in the atmosphere around the dressing room. It's the it's afterwards. You know, when you win, and certainly at Highbury, players might walk past the office and pop in and have a look at some pictures and stuff like that. So it's the whole, it's not just the game. It's like with the fans, it's the whole day. It's going for a beer before, going out for a beer after. Ours is a working day. But you can still you can still enjoy it as much as the match day fans, you know, and their fans watching the game on the telly can. But it's just in a slightly different way. Well, uh, the thing is, it, it is. I never really thought of it like that for you. You're working, aren't you? And you have to do your job and everything. But what a job! And I've told you before that if you ever need an assistant, hello, <laughs> hello, I yeah, take a, a good photo. A few people have asked that. I know you say that, that. <laughs> yeah, but no one's as good as me. I can tell you that. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> all right. So, what was your best game this season? Did we cover that? I can't remember. No, it's probably, it's probably Spurs at home, I think, uh, <clears throat> for the atmosphere, for the obviously for the result, for the performance. Uh, and then just the whole, you know, just the, the noise and, you know, being deafened by the noise, you know, it's just everything. You get to those derby games and you think, 
this isn't going to be a perfect day, is it? And then it ends up being a perfect day, and you think, oh, got away with another one there. So I think Spurs, but we've had some great, just some great games this season. But Derby always sticks out, doesn't it? Oh, good, yeah. And there was some, there was a comment before saying, "Are you ever going to do that rant you did in the dressing room for the Amazon against Spurs? Are you ever going to do that again?" I've done my one. I've done my one. That's it. <laughs> Have you? Because I've got that picture of you, and I'm sure you hate it, but I love it. Yeah, <laughs> love this club. I didn't know that. I, is... I never. Yeah, I never. I didn't know they were filming it. So, but then you didn't. You didn't <clears throat> because the cameras fixed cameras, and everyone behaved naturally because the cameras were there all the time. You, you didn't give it a second thought. You didn't give it a second thought. You spoke, said what you felt, and. Yeah, it's a bit embarrassing, but ugh, move on, don't we? Well, they, well, I don't think you can ever move on from it, Stuart. Do you not, if when you're out and about, do Arsenal fans not say it to you? What, swear at me? Yeah, like <laughs> that ran. I'm not allowed to swear on yeah, you, but... It's been, yeah, it's been, yeah, look, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been interesting. It's, it's not been, there's not been, not been, there's not been any negativity. It's been quite no. nice. I just every time people come up to me and they've got their kids with them, I just apologise for my language. You know, I just spend most of my time apologising, sorry, <laughs> but they but they did bleep. They did not bleep. They did cut some of the words out, thankfully. But uh, we oh, was that. there more? Okay, and then one other question I've never asked you: Was that the first time you've ever done that? I spoke to the team. This obviously didn't work before the Unai asked me to speak to the team on the pitch. The day before the Europa League final, and I and I, oh, I just yeah. Said, I uh, yeah, and I just said about being at Palmer, being in Copenhagen, what it meant to me, but it didn't work, did it? So, uh, but that wasn't televised, so that doesn't count. No, no, no. <laughs> the first thankfully. time you did it, <laughs> the first time I you did, did it, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't swear in that one either. Too embarrassed. <laughs> Well, you should have done, maybe. You might have done something for them. But anyway. Um, okay, so we've done the best game this season, Spurs. I think most of us in the uh, chat room, what's your best games? I should have said to you, all of you, you can answer along with the uh, questions. You can answer the questions along with Stuart. And later I will throw some questions at Stuart. So don't ask now because we've still got some more to ask him. Um, okay, I'm, I've said unsung hero. Oh, you missed that worst game of it. You missed oh, worst yeah. game of the season. Come on. Come on, Amanda. Come on. Honestly, I've had one of those days, Joe. Thank God you're here. <laughs> um, <laughs> worst game ever and worst game this season. Well, worst, okay, game, so ever. worst game ever. Worst game ever, Champions League final, because because we deserved we deserved to win it. And it was heartbreaking. Just yeah, it was just a heartbreaking day. But at the time I thought we'll, we'll be back soon. Because I just couldn't see us not getting back, but and then obviously we haven't. But you know, we'll get there in the end. Uh, and worst game this season, oh, Southampton away was yeah. Southampton away was bad. But playing so well at, at Old Trafford and not winning and losing was hurt so much because we deserved so much. The last couple of seasons we've gone up there, we deserved to win. And getting nothing up there really sticks in the throat. So that's the worst for me. And that, you know, it's not bad. It's two games we haven't won this season, and then there's the two that I don't that I don't like. It could have been a lot worse, couldn't it? 
Well, it could have been, but Lynn's agreed with you. She said Southampton, but just a little comment. I just want to go back on what Robert said. I'll tell you, it really hurt a nerve what you said. You spoke from the heart and you spoke with what every Arsenal fan connected with. Thanks, Robert. That is it, Stu. We all loved it. I mean, the fact that I was looking at going, oh, my God, he's been on my podcast and he's doing this is incredible. <laughs> I loved it. And we are all proud of you. <laughs> we are. Honestly, we are. Because we know that you Thank love you. the club as much as we do. It's not just yeah. a job to you. But anyway. Um, so, worst game, yeah. I'm sort of, okay. Southampton, yes, I get. It was frustrating. Man United have become a bit of a bogey team for us now because, as you're right, we should have de we deserved to win a couple of times recently. Um, but it was just one of those games. It, when they chalked the goal off for the... Um, for the, what's it, on oh, what Erdegaard, you know, when he apparently yeah. failed. I mean, it's a joke. It, it, that in the World Cup would be given a goal straight away, wouldn't even looked at VAR. But, you know, <laughs> swings and roundabouts with VAR, isn't it? It was, as, as Carl Stark said, it definitely was a kick in the teeth. But Southampton, we were appalling. One half, <clears throat> we were just so poor. We were lucky to get a draw. But but what was good, in a way, we would have lost that game two seasons ago. We would have lost it, and we didn't. <coughs> and, the, and Southampton have been a bit of a bogey team for us as well. You look at the results in the last six, seven years down there, we've never really done that well. I don't, I don't no. understand it. It's, a, it's not a hostile atmosphere. It's a, it's no. a good pitch. Uh, you just can't put your finger on it. But look, you'd rather have a bad day at Southampton than, than a bad day at White Hart Lane, wouldn't you? Oh, my God, yeah. Don't, don't. <laughs> um, so, worst game ever. We said that Champions League final. Oh, sorry. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. You have had a bad day, haven't you? I have really had a Stuart. Do you want to interview <laughs> me? <laughs> it might work better. You ask me the questions. Um, yeah, Champions <laughs> League final. So, I've only ever been to one European away game ever, and that was it. And honestly, right. I remember leaving that ground in the rain. I couldn't, I didn't, and you know I can talk. I didn't speak to anybody. I had the ump, like a miserable teenager. Got back on the plane. Everyone was late, so we had to wait on the tarmac for everybody. I did not speak till I got back to Stansted. I was so gutted because Lehman, the, oh, Perez, but oh, I was just awful. Just so sad. Yeah. And Thierry Henry, one-on-one, -on -one, you just know he's going to score, and he didn't. It just wasn't our day. It just wasn't our day. Um, I've never really thought about my worst game ever. I've, I've got a few. I'll tell you what, yeah. where I cried. <laughs> Gascoigne in the semi-final in 91 or yeah. 92. I never know which one he is. And the ball just went past me at Wembley like that, and Seaman slipped, and mm. oh, Jesus. It has to be against them, doesn't it? That's the only thing. I, I just think it's the biggest prize, though, isn't it? You, you know, you know, you can win the Champions League final. You might not ever get another opportunity, but I believe that we will. But it was all there. You know, we well, how many goals did we concede to the final? Like hardly any, or if any. So it's opportunity missed, but yeah. never, never did I think we wouldn't get back. I thought we'd get back the year yeah. after, and the year after, and the yeah. year after. But that's football, I'm afraid. Yeah, no, I didn't think like that. I think I, it was because it was the only time we'd ever been there that I was excited yeah. to go. It was such a letdown. It really was. But I, I truly believe that UEFA, or whoever is in charge, wanted Barcelona to win that game. I really, 
I really truly believe that. I'm not saying you know that anything to do with the referee, but I think they were happy that Barcelona won it than us. But anyway, um, right, <laughs> unsung heroes. Yeah, I've got this. I've got this feeling. It was all set up with all their. Oh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, unsung hero. Right, of years ago, and of now. Okay. Right. Right. It doesn't have to be a player, does it? Yes, Arsenal unsung hero player. Oh, right. See, I've, I've done... I've got... Well, I'll give you a couple of staff and then I'll give you a couple of players. Okay. I'll, go for, I'll go for Ken Fryer, mm. who's our life president now, who basically created a culture in this football club. Most amazing man I've ever met. Just a great help to me in my life. <clears throat> through good times and bad times and a great custodian of the football club loved by everyone just the standards his standards absolutely impeccable and never really wanted to be in the limelight just got on with it, everything you know just an absolutely unbelievable man i love him to bits and then uh, a dear friend of mine who we lost a few weeks ago called Steve Braddock, who is the head groundsman at Highbury and then at, at the training ground who basically revolutionised uh, pitches, football pitches around the world with the work that he did. Uh, and someone like Steve isn't lauded enough, even though he isn't amongst his, was amongst his profession. But the reason I truly believe the reason that the Premier League is such a great, uh, such a great thing now is down to him and down to the way that he revolutionised pitches and made, made it possible for players to play the way they do on the pitches they do now. You know, he came in and virtually every pitch in the country was a quagmire and it was just his work. Everyone copied him. Everyone followed him. He, you know, he nurtured groundsmen. He went off to work at Real Madrid and all over, all over the world. So massively unsung and a dear friend of mine who's, who's not around anymore. Oh, oh, that's lovely. Uh, that's, that's a true unsung hero, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Pl player wise, it's difficult to, you know, I could I could say now, con at the moment I could say Ben White because he's not getting the he's not getting the sort of media and football praise that he should do. And for me, he's probably been one of our best players this season. Great yeah. footballer at the moment, unsung. But there's a few who aren't getting a lot of publicity. Big Gabby's not getting a lot of plaudits only because William Saliba is the one that people have got a big song about. So. We've got a lot of unsung heroes. Uh, I'd go back to people like Gilberto, Gilles Grimondi, people like that, you know, who were just, you know, not flash, got on with the job, never let anyone down. You know, Steve Bold as well, another one. You know, not the superstars, but never really wanted to be, just got on with their jobs, did the best for the club. Like, you know, like um, Mr. Fryer and like Steve Braddock. Yeah. I'm when Jordan said last week, I can't remember who he said, my, mine's always been Gilberto. We didn't realize what right. we had until he left. You know, it's always been well, Gilberto he, for me. Do you know what? It was until he got injured because he had that back injury that kept him out for ages. <clears throat> and then I remember at the time, people, fans were saying, Jesus, he was, we're really missing him, aren't we? And he was out for a few months with a really, I can't remember what he did to his back, but he was wearing a back brace for ages. And then he came back and it, and it was just like, Everything's sorted now because Gilberto's back. But yeah, he was he was incredible, incredible footballer. This happened last week. I can see a lot of people saying Cazorla. I don't I said it last week. I don't think he was unsung. I think everyone Not raved about him. 
It's funny, but people have said it this week, like they said it last week. Maybe that's in maybe that's in the sort of football media. Maybe it's not amongst Arsenal fans. But uh, Santi, what a player! Still don't know if he's left-footed or right-footed. Still don't know. He's he's both. <laughs> he's just wonderful. Oh, I love Santi Cazola. Um, yeah, there's quite a few unsung heroes, especially yeah, in the in the actual club as well as as football. And I never really thought about it like like that. But Ken Fry has been there for as long as I've been there, and mm. always I've I've only ever seen him once or twice. Always seemed very decent. I have to say. He's definitely he's a been Mr. There long, Arsenal, he, isn't he? He's been he's been he's been there longer than you've been alive, Mr. Fry. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I don't know Arsenal without him, to be honest. No, but, do I? Um, it'll be a sad place when he's not around. Yeah, and you're talking about Ben White. Obviously, we've seen the news today that he's left the England base. He's come home. Um, something's obviously happened. We just wish him well. We don't know what's happened, and um, hope he's okay. You know, but he is. He's definitely one of the fans' favourites. That is the fans' favourite, that is for sure. Um, okay. So, favourite chant over the years? <laughs> it, uh, there's a few, actually. I mean, obviously, the Saliba one at the moment is, is fantastic. The I know it's a bit boring, but 1-0 to the Arsenal. I was in I was in Paris when it first started, and I know it, I I can remember the exact moment when he started, when it started. Half time against PSG. It was incredible and it was so funny. Even though I think we drew the game in the end, didn't we? So that one, and, and it's an old one, and I still love it when we win 1 0. It always reminds me of, you know, back in the day with <laughs> all those years only ever winning 1 0, just all to have a little chuckle to myself. And uh, yeah. and then the Emmanuel Petit song. He's blonde. He's quick. His name's a porno <laughs> flick. I just love that. Whoever made that up, is, uh, it, it's it, genius. It, it makes, yeah, it makes Lennon McCartney look a bit average, isn't it? Just so but, perfect. But, but that John and many others, I sit there and go, who made? Who even thought about his name's a porno flick? I mean, I it's just fantastic. So, well, somebody, yeah, wa- no, somebody watched a bit of porn, probably. I would have thought. <laughs> no comment but i i love i love very very um i love the clever ones oh the saliba's fantastic and what we love about the saliba one it winds up all the pundits as well a Mm. lot of talk sport go they're not saying that song gang because it just goes on and on and on but um viera was my one yeah yeah there's there's, there's been so many there's been so many good ones but the those are the ones who spring the ones who spring to mind straight away for me. Yeah, nice. Nice, cool. I forgot about Manuel Petit's one. Right, so now we're doing right. You are gonna have to answer this. Your favourite ever goalkeeper, defender, midfielder, and forward. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Goalkeeper, David Seaman. Uh, defender, Tony Adams. Midfielder, Liam. And Patrick Vieira. And striker, Dennis. Right. So me and you have got three out of four. So my striker was Ian right. Wright. Um, you can tell right, we're the okay. same age with Seaman and Adams. I can tell yeah. you that. Um, yeah, no, yeah, you, it's a tough you can't, yeah, it's a tough one. Stuart, as much as I like you, you can't have two. So you've got to choose Brady or Vieira. Oh, I'll go Brady. I thought you would. <laughs> it's uh, And your forward was Dennis, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Who else? So, yeah, I know my um, my other half is always Dennis. Mine's always been righty. Um, yeah. When you were working at Arsenal, obviously, when Dennis was there, what was he like? Was you just like in awe? Uh, I think at the time I was a bit, yeah. I think Dennis was probably one of the few who I was always nervous around. Even when he came back for his statue, I was nervous. And he could tell that I was nervous, so he was just taking the mickey out of me. But, you know, I still keep in contact with him. You know, it was quite, it was 20 odd years ago, so I was quite sort of fluffing my lines a few times talking to him, but it wouldn't be the same with other players at the time. But uh, I think he just played on it and took the mickey out of me for it. But I remember had a great relationship with him. Do you remember we had a game, we had the sort of Dennis Burkamp day at, Highbury, I think it was against West Brom, and he came on a sub that scored. And he came off the pitch at the end and he hugged me. And I thought, oh my God, he's only ever shook my hands. He actually hugged me. I couldn't believe it. But this is it. If I die now, I'll be a, I'll die a happy man. Absolutely. Hugged by Dennis Burkamp. Hugged by yeah, Dennis Burkamp. I know. I mean, I know. <laughs> it's just even to think it, you know, even to, to think that. Um, okay. They're mainly the questions. I've got a little quick fire round that you don't know about. So uh, okay. let's go. Uh, quick fire round. Burkamp or Omri? Burkamp. Perez or Overmars? Perez. Saka Martinelli? Emil Smith-Rowe. <laughs> Saka or Martinelli? I'm not, I'm not choosing. I didn't think you would actually. Um, big, big or... I'll, I've got. I'll, I'll do a big Bicayo Martinelli. There we go. <laughs> um, Highbury or the Emirates? Highbury. Okay, England to win the World Cup or Arsenal to win the Champions League? Arsenal to win the FA Cup. Arsenal to win anything. Anything over England to win the World Cup. Um, I'm not fussed. I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of international football, I'm afraid. No. It doesn't bother no, me whatsoever. No. Um, okay, so this is the film, okay? Fever Pitch or 89? 89. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Graham or Wenger? Oh, seven. 
Okay. Lovely. Well, that's that. See, these really are for questions that are just normal fans. You're not normal, Stu. No, you know, I am. No, I am. Hugged, I'm... no, to be hugged by Dennis Burkamp. <laughs> I am. A, I am a normal fan. I'm just lucky that I work for the club and I take pictures. Yeah, lovely. Oh, I'd love your job. Um, Phil was hugged by Lauren at Old Trafford after he won the double. There we go. Who oh, was your? Was anyone else hugged? I've been hugged by a few when I did the um, interviews for Arsenal Fan TV at the 89 premiere, like you do. Um, I had a few <laughs> hugs there. Um, and David O'Leary hugged me. And that was so lovely. Um, <laughs> I know. I hadn't seen him for many, many years. Anyway, right. So a couple of other bits, Stu, before we get you to, before I let you go. I know you're not into international football, but what have you thought about this World Cup? And who do you think is going to win it? I haven't, do you know what? I haven't really watched much of it because of work and because the seven o'clock kickoffs coincide with bath time and bedtime story time for my little boy. But uh, I think probably, I think probably Brazil. I think, but I, have, okay. I haven't seen enough. I haven't seen. I haven't seen every team play. But I, I, it would be lovely for the if it's not. I'd like the team which has got some Arsenal players in it to win. Yeah, but, uh, we're all like that. And any time uh, an Arsenal player plays, mm-hmm. like Xhaka played for Switzerland or Jesus and Martinelli for Brazil, and you know, and then you got Thomas mm. playing for Ghana, you you feel like you just want that team to win. It's just a weird feeling. Um, and then yeah. Saka obviously had a great start against um, Iran with uh, England, and it's like our it's our boys, isn't it? They're just ours, and you're just like you just, right. Yeah. You're going Brazil, which really weirdly, Jordan went for Uruguay. I've got no idea why, because I don't think anyone I know has said that. But I'll put you down on my list, because we're going to see who's going to win it. You're going to go Brazil. Can't call it at the moment. It's a bit mad, the World Cup. Um, So, right. We're going to talk a little bit about this season now. So, what have you been doing? Because, obviously, since we've broken... Um, Wolves away was the last game. I've sort of lost my dates and where we are. Um, yeah, you said you had a couple of days off, but what's the itinerary now? The guys in the chat room want to know you're going to Dubai with the team. What's happening? Yeah, so the team, a small group, came back on Monday. So I've been at Colney yeah. for a few days this week. Uh, and then yeah, we travel on travel on Sunday morning. Got two day two games in Dubai. I think we're there for ten days, then come back, and then we've got obviously Juventus, and we're sort of back. Really, we're sort of back properly. I, I'm sure. I don't know when all the players are back from the World Cup, but I'm sure they'll be back. When I, mean, I don't know, but I'm sure they'll be back for sort of Christmas and Boxing Day, and it's just straight back into the season. Well, I think the World Cup final is on the 18th, and we play uh, Juventus yeah. on the 17th, so we could have yeah. our, a lot of our players back. Um, well, most of them that week, you know, it depends when they get knocked out, I suppose. So you're off to yeah, Dubai Sunday. Think, yeah, yeah. So which is which is going to be, yeah, which is going to be great. Which is warm weather training, a couple of games. It's quite relaxed. Uh, yeah. We went there. We did. This, we had the same hotel. Did the same thing earlier on in the year, which was which was fantastic. And we came back and we won a lot of games afterwards. So hopefully it will be the same same again this year. So, will you get to go and see any of the World Cup with our players or not? Are they not no, doing that? No, no, uh, no. Well, we 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 
we go straight into training and then games. So we'll probably watch a bit on the telly maybe, but we're lucky that we can take our families with us. Uh, oh, lovely. So my, yeah, so obviously they, we fly separately, but uh, my partner and my little fellow are coming over for a few days. So he, he can't wait, run around on the beach and jumping in the swimming pool with some all the other families, kids and stuff. So oh, that's it's lovely. it's a working it's you know, it's a working it's a working trip, but we get we get quite a bit of family time as well, which is fantastic. Okay. So Richard Wasty, welcome to the show, wants to know how did Stu get his job at the club? Now the thing is I know because he's been on the podcast, this is his third time, but I'm gonna let you explain, Stu. I bribed Ken Fryer. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, Stu, you know what's going to happen, don't you? Oh. <laughs> no, I, I, I work for a local agency. This is a joke. That was a joke, yeah. people, because it will just go into the media. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 uh, I work for a local agency in Islington called Colour Sport. And in 89, in 1989, Arsenal were looking for an agency to shoot some games for them. And they came to us because we were quite local. And I started shooting games for them then. And then as it progressed, they wanted more done, more games covered, home games and all the away games. And then it came down to uh, they're looking to, about building a new stadium. They wanted someone in-house who could record it all. So, and they just came to me and asked me if I'd like to do it. So it was you know, right place at the right time, really. Fabulous, isn't it? I wish I was the right place at the right time. Um, <laughs> okay, so... Coming into Boxing Night, okay, we've got West Ham at home. And then obviously it just doesn't stop, does it? It's very busy over the Christmas period, then January and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you think we can win the league? No, okay, I'm not going to say do you think. Do you think we will win the league? I don't know. We have to see where we are. As I said, end of January, see where we are. See what. See how fit the players are when they get back. Like I don't know, I don't know. I would never, I'd never say we will or we could. I just think let's just see. You know, I I just take pictures. I should I shouldn't be commenting on whether we will or not. I'd <laughs> no, love but do us you? To. I know, of course. God, could you imagine? It's just, uh, and you know what's fabulous at the moment, Stu, is that we're all now looking at Man City's results. Where a year ago we'd be looking at sort of like. Everton and you know United and trying to keep up and trying to Tottenham and now we're looking at City. We all went mad when Brentford beat them, you know, and it's yeah. just so fabulous to be there. It's early. Look, it's early days. It's a long way to go. I think as long as we keep winning games and the players keep giving me good pictures, I'll be very happy. Yeah. So let's uh, let's hope we get some good pictures from now until the end of the season. What's your favourite picture this season that you've taken? Have you got one that you love? Oh, that's true. Uh, you know, I've, I've used it a few times. There's a picture I took on pre-season with Thomas Party and Granite Jacker hold, like, holding hands during a, a drill, which is quite uh, meant quite a lot to me at the time and still does. Like shows sort of unity and stuff. So probably that. But as far as match stuff, there's been some lovely celebrations. I think Granite kicked a corner flag that flew past my head against Tottenham, <laughs> I think it was, which is quite funny. I managed to duck, hit me on the shoulder. But, 
Yeah, there's been some nice pictures this season. I've been, you know, right place at the right time. Been quite lucky. So how do you find it? Obviously, the minute, the, well, actually not even the minute, the second you post on your Instagram or Twitter or wherever you post on social media, they go viral within seconds. Everyone's got them all over their socials. Yeah, it's just it's just nice to, the, you know, I, I work for the club, but I also take pictures for the supporters. So it's nice. It's nice that people like them and comment on them. Uh, you know, I you know I, I work I work for everyone involved. As I said, the club, the, the, the players, and the and the supporters as well. So if they like them, that's great. If people didn't repost them or like them, they'll start to think maybe I should try and do a different job. Oh no, they love your photo, and your photos are great. They really are. I forget. I I just see you as Stu, the fan who works at the club. You're actually a fantastic photographer, and some of your other pictures of non-Arsenal are, are just beautiful. Just, just you just get the best pictures. Honestly, I'm not just saying that because <laughs> I love your pictures. I'm always sharing your pictures. Always. Um, right, Phil Macker wants to know. Question: Where is Stu during the matches? Pit side. <laughs> Depends where we are. At home, at home, I do. Fellow Arsenal's attack both halves, and I sit on the I sit on the west side, the tunnel side of the stadium. But at away grounds, it varies where they put you, where you want to sit. Myself and David, there's two, obviously two of us here. We we share up, we you know we divvy up where we sit, so we cover everything if we can. At uh, home, we generally sit in the same spots unless we've got a new player playing or we have to do stuff on certain players. But yeah, it's Arsenal attack. Generally, because generally we win, don't we? So that's where the big pictures are. <laughs> generally. At the moment, yes, it is. Thanks, Phil. Um, Lynn Simpson. Hi, Lynn. I just want to actually say something else. And Miss Molina was in the um, chat room before. I hope she's still here. She's been very poorly. So it's fantastic to see you well, Miss Molina. And um, uh, keep recovering well and take it easy. Lovely to see you back. Right, Lynn, I love the picture you take. If Arteta is as you see the real him after the match. Oh, I love those pictures of Arteta. What's it? Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. He's a great, he, I love him. He knows it as well. But he's uh, he's as emotional as we all are. And you can tell it from the pictures. Do you know what's interesting? Do you remember when you first came on, there was so much with the Arteta out. The second time you came on, there was still that. Now, now, there's just none of it. But... I don't. I don't think he's any different. I think he's still the same passionate manager that he's been. Not from obviously he's grown into it, and he may do things slightly different. But day one, I've supported him. I think. I think the all or nothing documentary let the supporters see what his personality was like. I think yeah. that really helped as well because if you know him, you know what he's like. And then on the outside, obviously in press conferences, managers are going to are going to be quite guarded. You don't see the real personality, but no. certainly from all or nothing, you can see exactly how how emotional he is, how much he loves the club. So, yeah. But I've seen, you know, I saw that when he was a player. I saw it from the moment he walked in the door as a manager, which is why I've always supported him. No, absolutely, and. I just, I love him so much. I'd love to meet him one day. Please tell him how much he's absolutely loved, Stu. Honestly, 
He really is. And that documentary changed quite a few people's view on him, that's for sure. A couple of people want to know, um, right, Andy Love, I don't know what it means, but you probably do. What are Stuart's favourite DSLR and compact cameras? I use Nikon's, Nikon D5S's. Uh, they're a little bit old, but they're per perfectly adequate. I'm not one of these camera buffs who needs to get a... Every time a new camera comes out, they need to get a new camera. If something works, you understand it. That's perfect. And then I haven't really got a compact camera. Do you know what? I use my iPhone quite a bit for stuff. The quality's great. So you can't mm. use it for action or great, you know, portraits or, but, you know, we, we shoot stuff on it that we post. So those two really. Oh, I've okay. got an old Thank Leica as well. I've got, I've got, and also he might appreciate it. I've got a 35 year old Leica, which I've, I haven't got any film before, but it's a purist camera. That one is that's what a lot of photographers like to say they've got, but I don't use mine. Oh, okay. There we go, Andy. I don't know what DSLR means, but Stu obviously does. <laughs> um, a couple of people in the chat are asking about ESR. Is he back in training? Uh, well, wait and see, won't we? Oh, Stu. Don't worry, it's only me and you. No one's watching, listening. No one's going to leak it to the media. Um, Robert wants to know, can you ask Stuart, can he see ESR possibly playing in the number eight position? I'm a photographer, you know, not a coach. I knew Who you knows? were going to say Who that. Well, just leave it to the manager. I mean, I think, yeah. I think he can play in a lot of different positions because he's such a talented footballer. But uh, I think... If, if he is fit, if he's going to play over the next few games, he might get the opportunity to play in different positions because a few of the, obviously it's quite a few players away. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him back playing. So I think he's a wonderful footballer. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see him. As they say, it'd be like a new signing. Um, <laughs> Gunners 007 Raven, was photography your first love? What would you do if you were not working at the Arsenal? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, well, football was. And then my mum said to me, yeah, I mean, football was, and then I got into photography and, and my mum said to me, you never get a job in football, so go and get a job in a bank or be a policeman like your father. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't fancy that. So, yeah, it was my first love. My first love that I remember, I mean, yeah. Mm. I, it was the only thing I ever was ever any good at photography photography and art wasn't you know my education sort of slipped through my fingers a little bit I spend most so of the time looking out the window <laughs> gazing but you're quite creative then aren't you yeah I wanted to be I wanted to be a painter I went to art school and and did fine art which I loved but then realized there was no real jobs in it so I went back to art school again and did photography and thought maybe I can get a job you know which I managed to get a job in the end. Oh, so all in all, um, Lynn wants me to ask you this question, but I know Lynn what he's going to say to this. Stuart, would you like to see Mudrick at the club? I don't even know who he is. I've never seen him play. <laughs> I see Quite stuff on social player. media. I've not. I've not even seen him play. I don't. You know, I'm, when it comes down to transfers and stuff, I don't even bother asking. Anyway, because no, what I don't know, I can't tell, and I don't look. You know, you, you can look at show reel, show 
reels of players and they can make I mean they could probably YouTube could probably make me look like a good footballer so you know until until, until the players walk through the door you know or I'm told they're signing yeah yeah um okay so Pud said Stu I still laugh remembering your face when Jose and Arsene cross paths at the community shield <laughs> refusing to shake hands what's this yeah. story with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, it was quite, it was caught on camera. It was after, I think it was Community Shield. Was it FA Cup? I can't remember what game it was, but they walked. I think Jose stood at the bottom of the steps waiting to shake the players' hands and Arson just completely custard pied him. And uh, I just walked past the TV camera with a big smile on my face. So I just saw it happening. Uh, it was it's a very funny moment, but it's just Arsene. Uh, you know, Arsene probably didn't mean to do it. He probably just was completely oblivious. But I just looked at it, and it did make me giggle. It still does now. <laughs> it makes him laugh as well. Um, I'm going to ask you one last question, then I'm going to get you out. You've been here over an hour. Thank you so much. Um, Phil Macker, question. Now Ober has gone. Have all the prima donnas left the club? Oh, no, I'm still here. <laughs> You remind me of a politician, do you know that? But we can't, it is unfair to put you in certain positions and ask you certain questions because what people yeah. don't know is every time he comes on, someone picks something out, he says, and it just goes viral when he gets so many um, social media tweets and like gets picked up. So, so Carl Stark says, I don't believe we're signing anyone until Stuart takes their photo. Well, David Price is around as well. Very competent photographer. A few year, a few years ago, when we were going to sign Petr Cech, I went to Glastonbury, and then I just got loads of abuse on social media. Why are you at Glastonbury? We're not going to sign Petr Cech if you're not if you're not at the club. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, please let me have five days off getting drunk in in a field in, in Glastonbury. Oh, it's yeah. funny, isn't it? Um, right. Are you okay for another minute or so, or do you need to go? Yeah, of course. No, 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 oh, no problem at so all. You're so cool you are. Right, people, get some questions in. Um, not about players, because he's not going to answer it. Um, Robert Stevens, in the documentary, Josh Cronkay was quite popular. How do you think it's improved his image to the fans? You I mean unpopular? No, popular. I, I, I hope it has, because Josh is a really good guy. He loves the club. He he's a you know, he loves his sport. You know, he comes over quite a lot to see the to see Mikel and to see the players. He's got good relationships with everyone. He's interested. He always stops for a chat with me. 
Uh, and I thought in documentary, I thought he came over really well. And that's him naturally. That's not false or anything like that. So, you know, and we've spent a lot of money. We've bought a lot of players. So I know for, for me, I think uh, I like him. I think he's a good guy, really good guy. Yeah. He did come across really well. I have to say, I started to warm to him for sure. I wasn't sure before then. I can't hold my hands up and say, yeah, I've always like supported them. But yeah, they have spent a lot of money, and you can see that he genuinely wants us to win. You know, and that's lovely. Um, one question I've not asked you before: um, we talk a lot about Mikel, but obviously Edu plays a massive part as well. What's he like as a character? I don't think Eddie's changed since he was a player. He's always got a smile on his face, very positive. You know, just a lovely, lovely guy. And obviously, just look at what he's done. And it's great that he's at the club. And I, I love the, I love it that we've got ex-players back who know about the club. You know, obviously, Jack's back now. Edu, Mikel, Pear. It's so great to have people who understand the club back back there as well. So, yeah, he's a, I've always got on with Eddie since the moment he first came over all, all those years ago. So it's it's great for it's great for him to be there and uh, always get another one. I always give a hug, massive hug to when I see him, whatever day it is. He's I I bumped into him at, um, the um, the Etihad last season. It wasn't going too well then. Do you remember that game? I think we lost about six one. Mm. I can't remember. Um, it wasn't great, but I, the fact that I even got a chance and I got a picture with him, so he was he was really nice. Obviously, um, he didn't understand a word I was saying, probably. But <laughs> no, he does his English. No, look, he does, his English is. He looked to me like I was a bit mad, Stu, because I said to him, "You need to sort this club out." And he sort of looked at me, and I went, "Bye. Let's hope we win at the yeah. Etihad." Well, we didn't. Um, <laughs> right? <laughs> Can you imagine me? Uh, Phil Macca would love. Oh, hold on. No, that um. Stu, what is your favourite Highbury memory? Probably, I would say probably my first day as a full-time member of staff when I sat and had my packed lunch in the East Upper while the groundsman was cutting the pitch. And all I could hear, all I could hear was the lawnmower. Just, I think me and the groundsman, the only people, Steve Braddock were the only people in the stadium. Wow. And I just sat there and thought, wow, this is... Because I've only ever been in football grounds with crowds in. I've never been in an empty football ground. So that was one of them. And just really walking into the marble halls, walking into the marble halls or standing at the at the bottom of the tunnel, listening to the players walk down the tunnel, the sound of the studs on the steps. Just so many things you love about the place. You know, just, just, you know, just... I'd, I'd, I'd give everything to go back there for one day. Have one match day there would be incredible well, do you know when we the last game and everything and obviously i'd been there since the 70s you still look back and you do we didn't appreciate it we really didn't and uh, i was east upper i was block e or f i think i can't remember which one and i was like row seven so it was i had the most amazing seat and could yeah. hear so much and and feel so much and and at the emirates i'm I'm quite a way back and it's just a total different, but we have to get on with it. I know that. I know we have to accept it and move on, but it, there was, it was such a special place, wasn't it? It really was. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult. I think now people are accepting Emirates and Emirates is a great stadium. It's a great atmosphere. It's not hybrid. It's completely different. 
there's no bar bar goodison park there's no stadium like highbury uh but the good thing is we've got this we've all got the memories and that's it you know we've got great memories yeah. of that of that. oh god yeah. and it's still and, and it's still standing i walk past it nearly every day so i feel as though it's still there if it was flattened and there was nothing there it would be heartbreaking yeah. but to walk past walk past the marble halls so walk past yeah. there yes i walk past it today always have a look in at chapman at herbert and give him a wave so it's lovely it's lovely to still be able to to you know to walk past the building i take every time i walk past it, i take a picture of it oh it is just well i used to stand opposite the marble halls on the corner of Evanel road and yeah oh god it feels like it was like a, a lifetime a different lifetime ago and obviously it was a lot younger and and, and everything was so different. Everything was just so different. I mean, the coach pulled up and we would try to go yeah. and see them on the steps. And oh, it's very different now because at the Emirates, there isn't one specific place where everyone stands. It's all different areas around and things. Yeah. But, but, hey ho, but you're right. We have got our memories. And I even took, so my son is nearly 20, not into football at all, mm. but I took him when he was four because. I wanted him to say I was one of the last, you know, mm. I went on the last season. All he was interested in was playing with the seats and eating sweets, but at least he was yeah. there, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, my, yeah. Old, my, my, oldest son, my oldest son went about maybe six or seven times and he's got a very vague memory of it. And I think that's perfect. You know, I'm so pleased that he has. And I've got pictures of him there as well and my, and my daughter in the marble yeah. halls with Thierry Henry and stuff like that, which is quite funny. Wow. <laughs> I haven't got those, Stu, surprisingly. Um, no. Cole Stark says, have the signings of Jesus and Zinni had an effect behind the scenes at the club? I, just, I think you just look at them and look at their mentality, professionalism and their winners. You know, and then I think they're just great role models. Both of them are just brilliant role models and, and great guys as well. From the moment I met them, first met them when we signed them, they're so... You know, so determined to do everything they can for the football club. So uh, they've both been brilliant, absolutely outstanding. Yeah, they really have. Um, okay, Lynn is saying, Stuart, Josh, Edu and Arteta seems as if they're all singing from the same hymn sheet. And do you think this is why Edu and Mikel have had the support because of the faith Josh has got in them? I, don't, I, look, I, I couldn't say that, but all I can see is everything's positive. You know, we've signed spent a lot of money in the summer on two incredible footballers. If they didn't have faith in Edu and surely if you don't have faith in the manager and the director of football, you wouldn't be giving them the money to spend. But you know, it's not it's not a question for me to answer really, but I can just see it. Everything's positive. So you know, everyone's buzzing to be at the grounds. Everyone's all the staff are happy to be working at the stadium. There's no negatives around at the moment at all. The only negative is, is the World Cup came and stopped us all watching our team win week after week. And oh, I hope it hasn't stopped the momentum. That's all I can say. Yeah, but, yeah I, I, I needed a break. I was absolutely knackered. <laughs> so I, I'm sure, I'm sure, it, I, I think positively, I think it could, it could help us because a lot of the players haven't played a lot of football in the World Cup and a few, quite a few of the boys have had decent breaks. So I'd like to think we might come back a bit refreshed. I think I think the players will want to come back. We left with we five points clear at the top of the Premier League, and I think everyone will be buzzing to get back and get stuck back yeah. into it. No, I agree. I think, hope so. 
Right, Melvin. Hi, Melvin. Welcome to the show. Does Stuart agree that if we only finish in the top four, it's not a big problem as our squad is so young and talented, we can go on to even greater things for years to come? Well, I think I, I think I said that last time I was on. I think the target is Champions League. But if you can get better than that, yeah, of course. But I think getting back into Champions League would be fantastic. But, uh, mm. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, it, someone said to me the other day, do you think if, if we don't win the league, the season's a failure? I was like, oh, my God, listen to yourself. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I, think you just, I think you just want progression, don't you? I think if you yeah. get in the top four, obviously I'd love us to win it. First, second or third or fourth would be brilliant. But obviously, the higher up the league you are, the better it is. And if you can get a nice shiny trophy at the end of it, then fantastic. Oh, it's amazing. We've done brilliant so far. Um, okay, Andy said, who does Stuart think will be the next academy player to follow Saka and ESR into the first team? Oh, I don't really want to say because it will put pressure on. Yeah. I agree. There, there are there are, there are a couple of incredible young players, but I'm not going to name them. Okay, so that's nice but, to know. Yeah, they're doing some good um, work there. <laughs> Cole said, Stuart, can you hurry up and sort out the contract extensions for Saka, Martinelli, Saliba, and Patino, please? All right, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll be there to take their picture. I'll be I'll be there to take their picture when they sign their contract. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure it's all in hand. So let's just let's just wait and see. Um. Okay. Right. Stu, you've been brilliant. Honestly, absolutely fantastic. This is your third time on the same old Arsenal podcast. I just honestly thank you so much. You know, I always appreciate it. No problem. Nice to nice to speak to you at ten thir ten thirteen on a. <laughs> on a Wednesday night, when I thought it was when I thought it was Thursday, I know <laughs> I did did <laughs> I did panic a little bit, thinking, no, no, Stu, we said Wednesday, you chose this day. Um, yeah, I really, glad, really appreciate yeah, glad, it. Yeah. No problem at all. Happy to have you come on. So the next time you're coming on is going to be the end of the season. <laughs> okay. Let's see. <laughs> Does everyone want Stu back the end of the season? We do. Um, oh, that's so nice. Carl said, Stuart is awesome, my favourite guest. Thank you, Amanda, for Stuart, for a great show. It's always down to Stuart. I love having him on. I just love chatting because because you're my age as well. It's that, that era that you I'm understand. Older. Amanda, I'm older you than you. Only a I'm few not your years. Age. You're only a few years older than me. We watched the same football, though, didn't we? We grew up with the 70s yeah. at Highbury and stuff like that. And I'm going to leave you on this because this would be interesting. Lynn said, Stuart, when is your biography coming out? Oh, no, no. No, I don't think so. Keep when you leave Arsenal, keep... perhaps, it would be an amazing book, that's for sure. Right. Well, if it, be, if it was a book, it would be a picture book. It wouldn't be a picture. It wouldn't be a book of words. That'd be fabulous, though, wouldn't it? All your fantastic pictures over the years. That'd be yeah, something. I'd love, yeah, I'd love about. to do one. Yeah, I'd love to do one, and I'd love to do it with my good friend Amy Lawrence. So maybe at some oh. point we'll try and we we'll try and do something. As Pud says, a life in pictures. Absolutely, I'll be fabulous. <laughs> right, everyone. So that is the second show of what Arsenal means to me over with. I've had two amazing guests. If you didn't catch Jordan last week, you can go and watch it. If um, next week, I've got. 
next Wednesday, I think I'm doing a pod, and then we're doing quite a few pods straight after with lots of different guests. There's going to be lots of different fans on that have never even done podcasts. I've got two two boys coming on that I've known virtually all my life that go home and away. And I think that Stuart might have taken the picture of him. Um, I don't know if it was you actually that took it, but there's a whole crowd and there's one boy going like that. I don't know if you took that one. Do you remember it, Stu? I've taken a couple of million pictures in my time, so I can't remember all of them. <laughs> it's a whole crowd, and he's the only one standing out. It's like on someone's head. Um, he's coming oh, okay. on as well. Lots of different. So please subscribe to the Same Old Arsenal podcast below. Please leave your comments in the box below. Please press like as well. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. I love talking to our Stu. I really do. Stuart, thank you so much. <laughs> for coming Pleasure. on again and spending time talking to us because it really means a lot because the connection between the club and the fans as well. Um, have a good yeah. evening, everybody. Stu, you're a star. I love you. Um, good night. Farewell. Enjoy the rest of the World Cup. We'll soon be back at the Emirates. It won't be long. And remember, always Arsenal. Good night. <laughs> Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.